Hello, and welcome here to the Hawks Nest for a very special show of, I'm going to call it Behind Enemy Lines, but it's more like Behind Friendly Lines today. You know, we're in the off season. There is no enemies. We're all, nobody's playing for nothing. We're all cool here. And uh, I'm having my guy back in the house here, Coach Evans, who was so kind this year to, I, I pulled him away for, he had an hour. I took him away from his wife for an extra hour during the season. I was, you know, I know she's off camera, like, come on. So he, he's kind enough to hang with me. Had a great discussion, a really smart football mind here from SIP to Telly Films. How you doing, Coach? Doing well, man. Um, not heartbroken anymore. I've gotten over it. Um, I just wish the Chiefs fans would leave me alone. <laughs> so oh, we, come so on. Now. Move Back on. off. <laughs> Back off. You guys got championships. No need to gloat, okay? Don't be sore winners on this type of stuff, Chiefs fans. Let's let's not. Come on, please. But uh, I was worried about that. I thought maybe I'd get you up on the screen today and it'd be maybe over a little bit huddled over still in the corner, you know, still kind of just <laughs> still, still trying to come to. And I wouldn't have blamed you the least bit, by the way. We've mm -hmm. all been there. So uh, no, no shame in that. Um. Well, we're going to talk today with you, Coach, uh, a little bit. Before we do, folks, of course, do what we do here. And what we do here is we have a guest on. We go over their YouTube channel, Sip2Tally Films. Type that mm -hmm. in, in there. You can also see in the description section of this video and sub on up. Do that a favor. We uh, definitely going to have Coach here back on again. We might do some draft talk and discussion, too, because we both love to dive into the nuts and bolts of the drafts. And um, that's certainly on the on the horizon. But let's let's start off with that game a little bit. I know it has nothing to do with the, what we're going to talk about a little bit today with McDonald, but I'm just interested to pick your brain. Did you, uh, uh, what happened in this game? What went wrong really in your, from your bottom line as Ravens fan on that loss? Um, I, I think the team as a whole panicked uh, offensively. Uh, the fact that they gave up those two early drives and like they couldn't do anything with Kelsey at first, they kind of got out of the game plan. They basically threw the game plan out the window and um, just went to throwing the ball all over the place. And they took away certain aspects of the passing game. Um, certain aspects that I think our quarterback really wanted to hit. And um, he wouldn't just – he wouldn't do what Pat did. Pat basically took what the defense gave him. Pat was mm -hmm. checked down Tommy with the exception of maybe the two – he made a, a down-the-field pass to Kelsey and then the last pass of the game. But other than that, it was 10 yards and in and let guys try to uh, make people miss. And we just didn't do that or, or even try to run the ball in that second half. We had six carries by running backs the whole game, which is – ludicrous for a team that has the most the best rushing attack in the nfl but um it was heartbreaking and and uh i used to see some of your streams and you'd be like four or five six hours and i wonder like how can he be on that long but that day i did seven hours uh, it's, it's exactly <laughs> you feel me on that it it it's what especially when you're dealing with so many different various opinions and then people come in with harsh takes or people miss it or people write on it you're like yeah that's that's you know you go through the full you know gamut when you do those long streams and that's part of why i love it so much is they end up coming away throw you know so much but i can only imagine how crazy the stream was and you were probably trying to but as i have to sometimes you, you sometimes put on the psycho psych, psychologist thing you know and like okay get on the couch we'll be we got this, you know, fair while well, you're still really pissed and angry about it. Mm -hmm. You know, you're still, you want to be on the couch right there next to him going, yeah, tell me why this is going to be okay. What um, it, is, so as tough as it was from the offense, I just wonder from your standpoint, it, it seemed like the, the Chiefs blitzed up Lamar. Maybe they got him into audible checks. Then the audible checks seemed to float then to the nine routes. And then mm -hmm. a lot, I mean, it wasn't a lot, but it was just like four key moments. It seemed like of those nines over the top that he just couldn't put the ball on the right spot is it would it what would come down to you i guess of how what they should have done in that or what was that do you think kind of an accurate assessment of what happened there? that that's that's fairly accurate but there were some intermediate throws that i felt like were there for the taking 
and maybe even some short stuff because a lot of those those deeper routes they did they weren't third and long they were first first down where the check down or something intermediate or even running the ball could have sufficed so we just put ourselves in a lot of third and longs and when you do that versus spags you already know what's coming and you know yeah. you got to get it out quick and the, your best option then is to um throw it short and hopefully they can break a tackle but the thing is with with kansas city they got two darn good cornerbacks out there and it ain't like we we had the greatest like we got two decent receivers yeah so they they put uh mcduffie on one and they had sneed on the other so they pretty much had kind of clamped our guys up and then we just didn't hit the the likely or andrews or whoever else the third person was we just didn't go to him like i felt like we should have and again not running the ball there was a couple of times we play action their linebackers didn't move it's like they laughed <laughs> i mean i'm not running the ball so we're not gonna even take read steps and they went straight to their drops yeah and then and then you didn't have lamar using his legs very much the game mm-hmm. on top of it so it just got right. kind of compounded by all that um well, yeah, the flip side of this, the defense started out, like you said, it, it seemed like Reed stacked the fronts up, and we're going to speak to this because it's going to directly, of course, correspond with our discussion today, is that the uh, Chiefs went up against our new head coach, your former defensive coordinator, McDonald, and had that 17 points in the first half. Seemed like they were trying to go to bubble screens and flat routes, sort of to take the teeth out of the blitz a little bit, it seemed like. from McD- Is that what they were doing, do you think, or what was the intention behind them doing running that? For what I saw, and I, did, I didn't study their side as hard as I did the offensive side, but they, anytime they had a numbers advantage in the flats, they just flipped the screen out there and allowed their guys to make plays, whether it was Kelsey breaking tackles, whether it was Rasheed Rice breaking tackles. They, did, they ran a lot of screens. They ran a lot of stuff in the flats, and they really they didn't try to push the ball down the field. They didn't make Pat Mahomes hold the ball a lot, but then mm-hmm. in the second half, our coverage came up and was able to take away some of those shorter throws. And part of that stuff was we we were tackling bad the first half, too. So they would take those short throws and make a guy miss or run through a tackle and get first downs and extend drives. We tackled better toward the middle of the second quarter and the entire second half. So that took the short throws out. And then the defensive line was able to get a little heat on Pat. And he they forced him to you know throw some balls away or, or scramble and, and run a little bit or scramble and throw it away. So the second half, they made a great adjustments. And I still think to hold them to 17 points should have won a game. That's uh, I'm I'm putting a video together for the McDonald right now, and it's literally one of my finishing points on the video is that if you do that bottom line, you know, as a defense against the Patrick Mahomes, you look over your offense and special teams and go, we did our part, boys. Right. <laughs> You're up. Yeah. You know? a, a lot of our fans were, were upset because Kelsey had 11 catches in the first half. Uh, none, none of that matters. They scored 17 points. We, and, we should and- score more than 17 points. And that first drive was the worst kind of thing because really you had pretty good coverage there in both two main quote unquote mm-hmm. balls. The, the biggest two balls he, he hits on all day. It's basically trust throws. Me and this guy have been playing together for seven years. We have a telekinesis thing going on. <laughs> I mean, the, the back shoulder throw was not planned. It, it, right. it was like, it, it's just, how do you combat that when they got that kind of chemistry? It was like Rogers when he had Devonte at times, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, what are, what are you going to do? You know, those guys, like, it, there, there's no – that's just kind of where you just tip your hat. That's what we're talking about, keeping the 17 points. And most of the rest of the catches were just kind of – I mean, it wasn't as a, a big impact as those two were in the right. game. And Kyle was all over him for the touchdown. They just – it's this one little small box that Kyle couldn't defend, and Pat put it in that, that small little box. And sometimes – I always make this analogy. Sometimes, no matter how good you play defense, the best offense is going to – Gonna, gonna get you and I, and I use Steph Curry as a as a 
analysis. Um, mm. Like you can dribble, yeah. you can guard him, you can stay in front of him. But when he take two steps back and shoot the ball from during the half court, what can you do? Yeah. You didn't play around. bad defense. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> he didn't play bad defense. He just played better offense. So not even looking at it as he shoots it, turn it and flip it and walking away, not even doing the whole like action movie thing where they're not watching the explosion. Yeah, I I, I the crowd. I, I agree. And there's not a lot of guys that can do that too. There's not a lot of combinations that are set up to do that. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think that that being the only time it really got you in that game for the most part to my eyes did. So the, the coverage up front you talk about, was it shorter coverage? Was it man coverage or you tightened up the zones down into that second half a little bit? A little bit of both, but is he's, he did a better job of disguising that. That second half was the first time I really saw Pat Mahomes. Like he was confused with what was going on. He, yeah, like he would think one thing and, and it'd be something else. And it's hard to do him like that. Mm. It's really hard. And you would see him trying to, okay, he figured out what the coverage is, but by then the heat's on or he's scrambling. Then he realized, oh, it's whatever coverage is. And by then it's too late. So the second half, they did a good job of, of doing that. But I think they did decide to come up and just not give so many free releases because all they was doing was just flipping the ball out to what they had two versus three and just flip it out whether it was Kelsey yeah. Rice or whoever, and, and just let them do their stuff there uh, dealing the screen game. It was literally that. It was flat routes and bubbles, flat routes mm -hmm. and bubbles, and and just they were hammering it. It was pretty pretty wild to watch. But I guess, you know, I'd even say it wasn't even – it was okay, smart. They Once they took it down, there was no secondary approach from the the, the offense. So it was it was okay, you know, still. Mm -hmm. But we buried the lead on this. Let's, let's lead this with this Mike McDonald. He's now going to be our new Seahawks head coach. And he made that adjustment, as you said. I think it, it really impressed many of us Hawk fans at that time. I mean, that's one of those things you, you're watching what Ben Johnson was doing against the Niner defense. Like, ooh. But then you're seeing this and you go, ah, you know. And <laughs> so uh, we definitely got big starry eyes for Mike after even though, you know, every to the Seahawks fans' credit, they go, no, 17 points. <laughs> you know, Mahomes, that's, let's go. Um, what are your feelings with losing Mike, us taking him on? Kind of your just general perspective on it. First off, I'm going to say this. Like, you all have graduated to Team 2 for me. Ooh, <laughs> let's go. So, let's you go. already knew how I felt about the jerseys that you don't like. <laughs> that I yeah. do. So, and I was, I, I'll be interested in, in keeping up with, with Mike and what he's done. And just, you know, covering the, the team a little bit more and just doing more film study on them. That's the first thing. But to answer your question, if we had lost just Mike by himself, I would have been like, okay, we can we can come through this and we'll be straight. But now is a huge question mark because not only do we lose Mike, we lost the DB coach, we lost the D-line coach, and we promoted our linebacker coach to D.C., who's um, 31. And not saying age is an issue because Mike's only 36, but mm -hmm. it's, you, you got to have chemistry. And um, I'm just wondering how can they build that chemistry? And, and it can be done. It's just a question mark in my brain. Can they build that chemistry with losing so much from the leadership position and what they potentially may lose from the player position too? Because we, we got 29 free agents maybe. How's the cap space? Seven right now. Only seven. But, you know, once they come off the books, that'll, that'll go seven. up. Yeah, once okay. they once they officially come off the books, it'll go up. And I again, I always have to put this out there. I'm not a cap dude. The, the numbers 
mess with my brain because the cap is cap. <laughs> so uh, once they come off, I think we'll have more. But right now it's sitting like when the season ended, I think it was like five or seven. Okay. Once they, all the contracts come off and whatnot, I think we'll have maybe 20 or 30, maybe even 40. Okay. But that's, that's looking at right. a guy that one of two guys is probably going to get 20 million from us. Whether it's Queen or Matter BK, and it's, it's probably looking like it's going to be Matter BK because you probably can't pay two linebackers $20 million. Well, you know, I mean, now that we're already in your house and you're giving us stuff, <clears throat> that's that's you what I'm hoping it does. May, Matri, you mentioned Patrick Queen. And uh, I was just, I'm glad to hear again, we're of like mind on this type of stuff because I was telling my people, I, they go, they're going to sign him. And I said, well, you know, they've got already Roquan on the big deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't really got a three tech sitting back behind Matabuki that you like as much. You know, it's all a depth, but Matabuki obviously, right as he's about to hear it here, you go, okay, well, I'm probably franchising Matabuki, and then I, I probably let then um, Queen walk, mm-hmm. would see, or sign Matabuki to the monster contract extension, one of the two. So you're seeing it maybe the same way, or maybe they can fit both. Yeah. I, I don't see if they can fit both. Eric DaCosta is a genius, but I don't, I just don't. As much as I want Queen to stay, because that's one of my favorite players. That's even, his name is even in my Twitter name. <laughs> EQ Stan. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, from a business standpoint, I can't see how you pay Roquan twenty and you pay Queen twenty. And yeah, you able to build around it. I just, I just don't see. I always look around the league too. About we did this with the safety situation when we decided to pay both Quandre and Jamal, and mm-hmm. I looked around the league and I went, okay, that seems a little weird. Let me see who else is doing this around the league. Mm-hmm. Nobody's Goodbye. doing this around the league. So it, it is, it, it's another thing with the middle linebackers. They're getting harder and harder to get paid. Um, both you can, teams will pay one, but have both guys get paid up at that high water mark. And it's going to be 17 mil per Patrick this mm-hmm. off season. I mean, if guys like Traymond Edmonds last year are making that Jermaine Pratt are making that, then should not queen, but I'll be also, up and around that you know slice he, of pie. He also got the stamp of all pro beside his name too. That's that's gonna help in his negotiations. And you feel like with Queen has did did McDonald like you know the, the narrative could be looking at Queen on the surface of it. I check the FF scores on him. I look at a little bit of his tape early on. I look, hear what from Ravens fans talking about him early on. It would seem like he is one of a couple of collection of players there with the Ravens that when he came there, Matabuke, a guy that we're talking about as well, that's like this that. You know, there was a jump and a leap in their game when when McDonald comes into into board. There is that accurate? So the first two years, it was it it was um, uh, wink, and it was it was blitz heavy. It was a lot of man coverage, and Queen himself wasn't the greatest player at the time either. Because keep in mind, when he came into the league, he had only been playing um, linebacker like maybe two years. He came to LSU Ooh. as a running back, what? and then he only started at LSU. After the season, that magical run they had the national championship, he wasn't the starter when the season started. The, hmm. the guy that was the starter um, plays for the Browns. I can't remember his name. But Queen started like game three, and then he, he was the starter from there on out. Joker. Um, so, no, nah, it wasn't Joker. Um, I forget. The, he don't even play much for the Browns. He got drafted, uh, but he didn't play right. much for Joker the Joker was Notre Dame, right. Mm-hmm. But he um, he had to learn the position. Still learning the position because it's a new position. And then learning the NFL game. And then the the way Wink ran his defense, it put a lot on the 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 the, the mic. And he really is not a mic. He's a yeah. he was a, a, a smaller, faster guy. He really wasn't a guy you sit in the middle of your defense and bump heads in the a gaps. He just didn't have the bricks in his pocket to do that. So he played bad. He missed a lot of tackles. 
a lot of people, a lot of Ravens fans was on his case, didn't like the fact, you know, they get rid of him, he sucks, whatever, whatever. I was one of the few people that kind of stood in the gap for him. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the year Roquan came, so it would have been his third season, he was playing a lot better, which was Mike's first season. He was playing a lot better. Like, like, and a lot of people, a lot of Ravens fans will tell you he only got better when when um Roquan came. That is complete and utter BS. Okay. He was already playing at a different level. He 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 stopped the well, I can say he stopped. His missed tackles went down. He he had a better grasp for the game. And then when Roquan came and he just they just sat row at Mike and he was he could be the the other off ball guy. Mm-hmm. He flourished. And I'm not saying Roquan didn't have an impact on him getting better. It definitely did. But he the people that were saying he sucked until Roquan got there, that's not true. Yeah. 100% not true. He was already coming into his own as a player as Roquan got there. And then getting a leader like Roquan kind of helped him see the different nuances of how he needed to prepare, how hard he needed to play. And just Roquan being just a straight up motivator. Yeah. Holding people mm-hmm. accountable. And then the whole system changed when, when Mike came in because Mike said on his opening press conference, everybody has to know what everybody has to do. That way you can hold each other accountable. Because if you're an edge guy and you don't know what the state's supposed to be doing, how can you get on this case when he mess up? So everybody got to know everybody's job so we can hold each other accountable, which also adds to the fact that you got guys that can do multiple things. Yeah. Well, and it and that's where it seems like he's found this, this weird magical combination as McDonald in taking guys and going, I want to maximize your talent, but then I'm fitting it really fluidly into my quote unquote scheme it seems pretty fluid in itself but that uh, you know most coaches are so rigid you meant you should mention wink and i was reading up some stories on him about how the players would complain about like trying to make every play perfect trying to have every guy get to his perfect check mm-hmm. and too many guys making too many individual checks leads you to doom right because you that's yep. commun- com- miscommunication and i i saw it this way well i saw it that way and that's and then all the fans are like what the hell happened what a horrible defensive call it's like well there's is that is that kind of like yeah and, and I, I, I mean, sorry. I, was, I felt, I felt like that when Mike first got there, as far as trying to teach that, that happened some to us, uh, specifically the Miami Dolphins game uh, two years ago, and um, because we had a, a huge lead on Miami in the second half, they just smoked us, and there were a <laughs> lot of busted coverages between Kyle Hamilton, Marcus Williams, a lot of guys that were new. And then I, I think, about, I think back to it, I like Mike was new. Mike was technically a rookie that year, so he had to learn. That was only his second game as a or maybe third game as an NFL defensive coordinator. And so yeah. from that game on, he got better and better and better. And we finished the season. We made the playoffs with Snoop as the quarterback. We, we, <laughs> we was a, 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 a inch from diving over the goal line for winning a playoff game with Snoop as the quarterback because the defense was just that good against the Bengals. So is it is it a – and I know I love with you, you're putting together a variety of reasons rather than I'm looking sometimes and trying, well, there's a magic bullet. Maybe this is the magic bullet thing. Is it just that McDonald is really, I mean, is he the Sean McVay equivalent of the defensive side of the ball? Or was it that he's a really good defensive coordinator who's been given this great amount of talent by DaCosta? Combination of both. I think it's a combination yeah. of both because watching film and me watching it after the game and I can stop and pause and see what's going on you know, at my leisure. There were some calls. I'm like, what is this? And I'm thinking like, how would, would I teach somebody how to read what's going on on this screen right here? Because I got to pause and I don't know what's going on. So how can you do it in live motion with bodies flying at you? 
and it's 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 crazy because he can he can have anybody to come from anywhere, or he can have multiple guys that end up at the line of scrimmage drop. He he dropping deep tackles to take away your hot routes. He he two of them. The 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 thing with Mike is, and, and this is the mantra for Mike: what you see pre-snap is not what you're gonna get post-snap. Mm-hmm. If you go up there thinking, okay, then cover three, and you snap the ball, that would I promise you it won't be cover three. I promise yeah. you. That. If you check, yeah. you, you see, you saw one safety, okay, it's cover three, I'm going to run four verticals. You snap that ball, it might be uh, man-free. Or it might be cover four. Or, uh, anything might happen. <laughs> it, it would he'll not go, be what you think from pre-snap. And he'll go to any coverages, right? It's not a matter of he's on cover three, cover two, cover three, cover two. Nope, it's the ball. full mixture in there. So he'll, it's, ma- he'll match some stuff. He'll go man. He'll um, he'll uh, in and out some stuff. He he runs the gamut of all and i think he has it broken down to where they all understand they all on the same page that's the key part of it with, with anything the communication is on point and however he teaches it they picked it up they picked it up because then he had a selfless i'm gonna go back to pat queen a selfless pat queen pat queen was set so many picks for defense alignment that it was crazy and hmm. what i mean by picks is when they run the the te stunts or whatever but he yeah. run them from the linebacker so Pat would go take on a guard so the defensive tackle could come off. He got to the point where Pat had a clear – in one play, Pat had a clear line to the quarterback. He was mm-hmm. so selfless, he just decided to not take that sack, go hit the guard, and let the other guy come around and get the pressure. Wow. And he did a lot of that with Roquan, a lot, mostly with Queen because Queen was really good at it. And then you can get you can get a stunt with, with almost anybody. Oh, yeah. It's well, it's cool already when you're dealing with the defense and the linemen are trying to figure out their pre check calls as it is. You toss a stunt on top of that, it's like, come on, this is un- like, this is unfair. Or as you said, it becomes impossible to read prior to the snap. And that's what it, it, it's it's a little bit of the homerism and wanting it to be obviously because it's my new head coach and I want this to be the reality of it. But you'll mm-hmm. back this up. We talked about this midweek before we knew when we were just you know previewing the matchup. And I told you at the time, it's this is where I think. We, we look at these, the offenses and defenses over the last 20 years. Now offenses is just run away with it. And they're like trying to lap the field at times mm-hmm. where there's, there is this room for the defense to take a monstrous step forward and sort of not maybe catch up fully to the offense, um, mm-hmm. but, but at least get a little bit closer than they've been. Right. Do you, do you see this as being that type of defense that could accomplish that, that this is that, or that this is the one to do that? Or is there another defense you think is more likely to be that one heading into the future? I think we're not. I not. I think his defense has the because you, you asked this the previous question about him being a McVay. And you know how everybody falls off the McVay tree. Yeah, I think you're going to see that happen this year. You're going to see some variation of what we ran last year with a few guys their own spin in it. And I, I'll almost guarantee you the Titans have a better defense because they they pulled the defensive backs coach, made him defense coordinator. The mm. Dolphins will have a better defense. They took our defensive line coach. Made him that defensive coordinator. I, you guys will have a better defense. I, I'm sure of that because he'll probably, I ain't going to say micromanager, but he may even call the defense for you guys if he don't find you know somebody he's like he's cool with. And just think about our roster versus you guys' roster. You look at the secondary. Your secondary is, is pretty darn good at the cornerback position. We mm-hmm. kind of had bodies out there. And we had two guys. We had Brandon Stevens that had his best season as a corner. And it was okay. I got the guy that should have been number one corner kind of regressed. Now, obviously, we had Kyle. Kyle did his thing. And um, 
We had a bunch of role players that just come up big. Geno Stone, who's a backup to Marcus Williams, was number two in the league in interceptions. We had Arthur Marlette, who I didn't know of before this season, didn't know he was an NFL player, played significant snaps versus uh, with us or whatever, and he was playing opposite of Kyle because we had DBs in and out. And you just think about it, we we did that with not really good cornerback play. You guys got good cornerback play, and you got a guy that I think is going to be a superstar in the mic, and it ain't Jamal Adams. <laughs> I think uh, Diggs is going to go wild in this system. I think Diggs could be you guys, Kyle, Kyle Hamilton. Quandre Diggs. Quandre. See, I think it's going to be – he's probably – well, they might. You might see him that way. I don't – because I haven't got a read yet on how he sees the players. But mm-hmm. I, my feeling is is that we're going to probably more likely than not move on from both of our starting safeties this offseason. So okay. I think that Jamal and Quandre are both going to be moved on. Quandre's in the last year of his deal, and they're doing it because we're not sitting on a much cap space right now. Yeah, I know yeah, and so we've got a clear cap space out, and it's not that I don't think Quandre could maybe work way better in this defense, even though they did in the last defense. But it is that you've got to save money somewhere, and mm-hmm. and we've got business to do, and we're and Mike's going to want to bring on his guys here, specific guys. And I think Quandre's got he showed off a little bit of that flexibility at the end of the year. We always kept him single high, so mm-hmm. some of the coming down and doing some of the getting down in the box and getting dirty a little bit. Some people wonder about because there are times he has does. A, do the business decision thing too, the free safety business decision <laughs> yeah. thing, you know, where it's like, that was a hell of a precipitous route. You just took to the ball carrier there, my guy, you know, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know on that one. You know, the one thing I have a worry, you mentioned about the corners. I do agree with that point. These guys in coverage, especially, but the thing I worry about is that Devin and Tariq were one, one, two, some of the best corners in man coverage last mm-hmm. year. Yet what I read a lot about and, and look at a lot on the film here is that there is a lot of zone coverage here. Yes. Do you think McDonald's going to angle more into the man to make to make this work with these two guys on the outside, or do you think he, you know just tries to teach him up to the zone? That's the way the scheme just works at its best. Well, I I think it was a lot of zone for us because we didn't have the the corners that you guys have. So I think there's a a piece of untapped page in his book that we couldn't just stay on because we didn't have man corners. Like mm-hmm. we, we we didn't have the guys that could just play man multiple multiple downs and be successful at it we had to play we had to mix man and zone and a lot of times when you see our defense get beat we got caught man yeah like like you mentioned the two passes uh versus to travis kelsey in that first drive brandon stevens was all over him on on that third that first third down he just was better than brandon stevens and then the the pass in the end zone kyle was all over he just was better than kyle yeah and you you got you got two corners and i don't know how how well Kobe is now, but I know he was a pick when, when you picked Reed. But two, maybe two and a half, maybe three corners that can play some man football. And we, we saw, really had one guy. You saw Kobe as a corner coming out, right? Yeah, I had he was um he played with sauce, if I'm not mistaken. He did, but that's what you saw as NFL future at, I, right? I, I, I thought it was. Yeah, I did too. They slot slot to safety last year was mm. the transition. We'll see what the new coaching staff does, but I think the coaching staff will kick him back out and go out. Let's put him back out there. What about the tackling on the corners though? That's the worry about Woolen tackling went down in the, uh, a little bit downwards last yeah. year. I, it seemed like no matter who the corners were on the outside, you gotta, you gotta tackle in this scheme. So that's where I get tackle. worried about with Whirlin, man. I get worried that Mike might come in and he look at that tape and he goes, he ain't going to do it there. I don't, I love what he does all in the coverage on the back end, but he ain't going to tackle well enough for what I, 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 this has to be, what you do in my defense is tackle from the corner position off the edge. And 
those off those Shanahan guys, man, they, the pin pull blocks, yes. you know, and isolating those corners out on the outside, which is okay. It's you heads up on the running yep. back. Here you go. And you know, it's in bright display there. So I, I do worry about that, but you're right about the untapped potential there. And that, that's, that's the, the, the offensive spiel that most offensive coaches even try to do. Even me, I try to do it as a high school coach. I'm trying to get my running back to your cornerback. Mm-hmm. Normally the cornerback is the worst tackle. Uh, 100%. So no matter how I can do that, whether it's pin and pull, toss, or whatever, even if we run duo, I'm going to try to block everybody but your corner and just make your, see if your corner want to tackle. Coach, wait till you get to this draft. There's there's going to be 25 draftable cornerback grades in this draft, and I think seven of them actually like to tackle. Mm. So it's, you know, it is everything in the book on film right now already at the gate. It's not just business decisions. It's the, hey, receiver, let's have an agreement pregame, you know. I'll, uh, we're gonna, I, I, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let's just move it this way a little bit. All right, make it look, make it look good. Come on, make it look good. Uh, a lot of that, a lot of, I'm gonna take the route. It's a run play, but I thought he was running a route. You know, it's it's a so to your point. I mean, that's it, it, right now. Corners are not tackling too well coming out, and so you you don't do it well at college. You ain't gonna do a hell a whole hell of a lot better probably at the pro level um, unless you really work on it. Um. Let's um well how do you look at the rest of the personnel? You started on it, I kind of interrupted you. You mentioned um, it in the corners. How do you look at the rest of the the front seven personnel? Um as far as this fit goes with him. Was he or who I guess definitely he keeping here? That guy's gonna work, that guy's gonna work, or this guy, no. Well, when I when I looked at your roster, I didn't I knew Jordan Brooks came in with um Queen. I didn't know that you guys didn't fifth year. Um no. or was he he was even was Brooks the first year, first round draft pick? He was the guy in front of you guys. We okay. we so that was did you did you see by the and I'm gonna take you on sorry taking this hand, but Schneider said this, which which was hilarious. He mentioned in his press conference how the Ravens and the Hawks have been having a back and forth for years mm-hmm. where we keep drafting out of your guy, or you guys end up getting our guy. Like I think you guys got up Linderbaum from us. There was mm-hmm. people that thought we we took Brooks ahead of you and Queen because Brooks was right ahead of Queen in that first round. Mm-hmm. And then you went to Queen with the next pick in the first. So I think it's kind of hilarious is it could have been an alternate universe, you know, flipped with that one. But uh, yeah, Brooks is Brooks came in on that class. We didn't hey, do the fourth though. Bobby's gone too, right? Well, Bobby's a free agent. So that's a question to you. I mean, uh, this is a hotly contested item in the Hawk fan base, man. I mean, I'd love to know where your stance is on Bobby, but um, I think he's still a solid player. He comes in at a pretty cheap cost, one-year mm-hmm. deal. You got to, I think we're going to have to flip out Brooks. Like you said, he is a free agent. It, he's going to make probably 10 to $12 million a year, not as much mm-hmm. as Queen. But, mm-hmm. um, and if you think Queen's, it, just the issues in coverage with with Brooks are tremendous. And I just think it makes it hard to, to dump down the 12 if you can't have a linebacker that can cover in zone, especially if you're going to a zone-heavy scheme like we like we are, like you're saying, but Bobby's a bit different because mm-hmm. Bobby, we used in this Vic Fangio cover two shell at the Rams. They showed you how to use him there. Keep mm-hmm. him there on line of scrimmage, not, not the linebacker spot cover two spot drops with the linebacker 30 yards down the middle of the seams, mm-hmm. but actually getting him up down, you know, near the line of scrimmage. Cause that's what we're doing. And, and people are sitting there. It's, it's hard, man. You must get this too, where it's like, we drop our linebackers back in that literally into that 20, 10, 15 yards of depth. You have the crosser on the outside X coming this way. Mm-hmm. And so your linebackers, he's watching the quarterback. Here comes the receiver. And now you're asking not just a 34-year-old linebacker, but let's just say it's a 26-year-old in his prime guy. Flip your hips, catch right back up with that receiver before he gets out to the sideline where the play is going to be thrown to on the cross. Who's running full speed. Who's running full speed? Who's a four-three guy? You know, we and 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 I'll have people pepper my chat going. It's slow feet, can't move. I'm like, 
I just feel like you shouldn't really be asking your guys to do that in coverage. That's not no middle linebacker is really going to succeed on that. And see, that, football has changed. When I first started, and those little guys come across there, they might get punched in their mouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did yeah. not run shallows or drags across the middle of the field, but now yeah. you can, and that's it, it's defense is the hardest thing to play, man. I I know everybody say quarterback is defense in the NFL is really hard to play because the game is not geared for you, and that's that to me. Is what make what Mike did so special because the game is not geared for defense. It's not, and for him to lead, well, him to lead the defense that that led the league in takeaways, scoring, uh, what scoring, defensive scoring, triple crown, and and, and um, what was the third panel? It was uh, takeaways, uh, points, sacks. and uh, and sacks, sacks. Sorry, yeah. Sacks. And then we had we had all those sacks with no premier like rusher. Matter BK's mm -hmm. 13 sacks just, just happened. We, yeah. we didn't have a a, 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 a clown, I'm not a clown, a Miles Garrett or Aaron Both Donald or, or, or that too. And we, they got those. And I thought Matter BK's sacks were manufactured. Most of them weren't. He actually kind of came into his own. I think he earned them. I think what where the manufacturer comes from, in my opinion, is that when you bring those stack fronts, those are always between the quarterback and offensive line going to have a tendency to change protections and drive mm -hmm. them to change the protections to just be on the safe side, right? Well, if we're wrong, we end up with one-on-one -on -one blocks across right. the board, but you end up with one-on-one -on -one blocks. And, you and win. that's where, and then you win. My boobay's beaten. He's a three-tech one getting his one-on-one, -on -one, but there ain't that chipper. You know, it's like, I see so many times already on film where you'll have a, a, a running back in shotgun with the quarterback and he's supposed to come out there and chip on the edge like Clowney. This is another thing I think that freed up Clowney this year is he's supposed to go there, but you've got the double A gap blitz coming. Mm -hmm. So the quarterback changes protection. The running back slides in the, the linebackers drop into coverage. So he's going up to pick up somebody that's not even coming. And then JD gets his single coverage up on the outside. And, and that's something that for years plagued Clowney, where he was getting double teamed and chipped constantly, which was part of what removed his pass rush productivity. And in that same, in that same design that you're speaking of, We'll have all those guys at the box. And a lot of people have a tendency to bring somebody, like to a walker tight end closer to kind of chip and whatnot. And that mm -hmm. plays right into his hand. Because you know when yeah. you walk that tight end down, you, who's going to walk down with him? Kyle Hamilton. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. you add another blitzer. Because now you can get all those guys up, up at the front. He'll he'll drop some guys from maybe the left side. So the offensive line has already, you know, changed their call, like you said, to block these two guys. They drop yeah. out to take away the hot. Kyle comes off the end because you don't have enough people. But yeah. you're not ready to change your protection to block the six that's up there. Yeah. And and then not only will he do it from Kyle, he'll do it from, from the other side. And that's why I said, I mentioned Arthur Mollett. We didn't know who he was, but he came up with some timely sacks coming from the other side. Because now you look, okay, Kyle over there, we probably need to change protection this side. He coming. And you come off the other side. So anytime you condense the formula, you kind of play into his hands. Yeah. And again, that unpredictability and and leaving offenses guessing and how that's so different, coach, from where we've been watching mm -hmm. RC Octavia. We're, we're going to give you a front four look. We're going to mm -hmm. give you a, what you're going to see on the back ends, what you're going to get. And now we're going to be able to flip that kind of completely, you know, in the opposite direction. Some teams are all doing this to a degree, a little bit flick, but, you know, McDonald's owned it. We've done almost almost none of it on our side of it. So it's going to be a, a huge difference. I got a couple of donations. Let me make sure I get okay. to these here, coach. Um, Megan, thank you for the $50 donation. Megan Gokraji, my lady Dan Enda in the house. How you doing, Megan? She says, always great to have on the Hawks. Uh, always have on the nest, coach. 
Well, thank you, uh, Megan, of course, put us, uh, put me on here to co coach initially and got me, you know, hooked up with you on that. So, uh, I thank you for that, Megan. And, uh, I'm pulling you back coach for some prospect talk. So get, <laughs> get ready, man, get ready. Cause we got it. We got to get into that on it. Uh, Hey, our teams look for similar guys. My journal yeah. manager said it. Okay. He said in a press conference two weeks ago. So what we look at, you guys are looking at and vice versa. So it's just good to meet up the minds on that one. But, uh, Megan, thank you for the, uh, donation. I appreciate you for that. Uh, three hour. Thank you for becoming a member of the channel. Welcome aboard the Hawks nest. And thank you for uh, doing that. Uh, Garth Knight with a fiver says props to zip two for coming on. There's, there's now three Harbaugh teams in the league with Baltimore, uh, the chargers and now Seattle with the Harbaugh influence. That's right. Harbaugh's take slowly taking over the NFL. We got the special teams coach too now here. Um, and thank you uh, Garth for the fiver. Uh, but, uh, I let's go. Let's double back around that Harbaugh talk. Okay. <laughs> DeCosta did it. DeCosta the day after the playoff loss is no longer the general manager. Instead, it's coach Evans is going to be the general manager. Okay. And, uh, you're seeing the boards, you're seeing the boards burning up. You mm -hmm. watched zip two tallies, a lot seven hour live stream. And you're hearing about all the people saying, let's keep Mike McDonald instead of Harbaugh. Let's, let's not make a mistake here. I'm going to hold your feet to the fire. What are you going to do in that situation as general manager? First of all, it can't it can't be the next day. I it, you know, I, I don't, I don't make it, a decision. Give it a week. I'll make you a decision can, Take your time, GM. You're my GM. You, you he, he you has to come in with well, it, it gotta be kind of fast because everybody wants Mike. We know how hot Mike name is in the streets. It's hot, hot. But he, he has to sell me on a plan to take the next step. You have Ooh. you have, in my opinion, the okay. You had you you probably had the best team you've had in a long time this year. The best team, like offensively and defensively. And yeah. it'd be different if if you lost in a shootout or if if you just totally wet the bed. But think about the last time you were the best team in the AFC. And then this time you were the best team in the AFC. You basically had the same thing happen to you twice. Hmm. You went away from your identity. And you underperformed. And not saying you should have won the game because, you know, that can go either way. But you underperformed in the same exact manner. So what's it going to say for you, for us to go and bring these guys in and build this back up and us have another great season that you won't do it again? You got to sell me on the plan because. And if I'm the general manager, I do have a pulse of what the players think. Mm -hmm. And. I would really have to see how they kind of feel. I'm not saying I'm going to ask them how they feel. But I'm just going, I'm going to read the room. Because one yeah. thing that bothers me, and a lot, I know a lot of people don't notice this. Like when, you know, everybody has camera in the locker room at the end of the, the game and they post game speeches and whatnot. Every time he calls Lamar, Lamar's in a different room. And I know, you know, locker rooms are kind of sectioned off by walls and whatnot. But for the most part, everybody's kind of huddled around whatever they're doing. When he when when Lamar has good games and he has to give him a game ball or whatnot, like they gotta wait for Lamar to come from like way in, you know, Owens Mills or somewhere. So I don't I don't <laughs> in his office. Right. It is his is his voice stale. I know to the fans his voice is stale. Yeah, and I know as a player, you can't come out and say, Hey, my coach, you know, whatever. You can, but you don't want you don't want that drama like that. Yeah. But no, I, it's it is drama when you say <laughs> my, my thing is if they were going to make that move. It should have been for Mike, but now that Mike is gone on, I don't want him to make that move because I don't want, I don't want to settle. I don't want. Yeah, to 
Well, and I, I, I can get where they come from. We felt, you know, we just crossed this bridge with Carol, obviously having a guy here that's been just about here is not quite as long as Harbaugh, but almost as long. And, um, there's, there's been a couple of coach quotes that I heard from that are old time coaches, man, that had talked about this show, you know, Schottenheimer and, uh, supposedly Bill Walsh said at one time that, you know, 10 years in just people, the, the players just stopped kind of tuning you out a little bit or, and I don't think that that's what's going on. I mean, you don't get to the year you do right now if, if the players aren't checked into me right. and I, it really comes down to what, what I think got Carol was just that I don't change and I don't, you know, look forward thinking I'm not, I'm not doing something new. I want to hold on to the old, whereas with Harbaugh, you know, Set in his ways, which and is why another great coach probably don't have a job right now. No, no I'm not gonna throw no names out there. I 100% agree with you. Everybody's putting it on the general manager thing, but it's really, I think, more about okay, eh, this we've got to take on this whole thing. Does this whole thing still work in the way that it, it once did? And mm -hmm. I, I don't know in the in the other coach you're talking about's case. I'm, I have an instinct, but in Carroll's case, I don't just because he wouldn't uh, go forward and evolve. And with mm -hmm. you know, one thing I'll say with Harbaugh is that. You do have a guy that went from Wink Martindale. You said, and I read a lot about this last week, with just take the defense alone where he's, uh, you know, too, too much blitz stuff, too much cover zero, too much, you know, let's roll the dice one more time, you know, 7-11, <laughs> 7-11. And it just goes, that's too much. And then he goes to this defense that has a little bit of a, a different identity while still coming from the that Buddy Ryan 46-ish tree mm -hmm. there and, it's, and, it's, and still finding that way. So it's you go – Okay, so there is still a, foot, a smart football mind, and they did get the most out of Lamar as a runner before he could kind of become more passer. And now became more of a passer this year, so there was a little bit of a, a modeling there. I mean, I felt like that the Lamar did come forward in that way and became more. It's less of me feeling like I'm watching a running back play, and more like I'm feeling watching a quarterback play the position. So, mm -hmm. I I feel like I'd still be drawn back to he. He's made some great hires in the past. He can do that again, and it's just a matter of. So what what do I say? I go come in, hey, I'm going to run the ball in the playoffs. I'm gonna force Lamar to run the run the ball in the playoffs if we run into that situation again. That being enough, to, to me, it's just don't abandon your plan. If we were, yeah. if if Casey had went up 24-0, if it was 24-0 coming out of half, or even 24-7 coming out of half, yeah, totally understand. Three scores, they milking the clock. You got to put the ball in the air to try to score quick. Yeah, they scored seven, we scored seven. Mm -hmm. They scored fourteen, we had seven. They had seventeen, we had seven. They never yeah. scored again. <laughs> they never scored again. It's true. So, how many times you run that second half? Three, two. four times. <laughs> two did I know of. <laughs> two did I two did I can think of off the top of my head, and both of them were good to Gus Edwards. So that being Gus Edwards had one carry in the first half, which went for fifteen yards. That's it. Uh, don't you hate that too? When you did give it to them, they went off and they went off and had a great run too. It wasn't like they got stonewalled. And like, what were we? How did we get to the? We had I, Lamar on a fourth and one. Lamar ran for like 25, 30, or whatever it was. The very next play, we had a heavy personnel. Gus ran, they ran power. Gus ran for 15. And that was it. Still makes no sense. Yeah, especially when you had the stage set with your backs pretty well healthied up to go in that game and, and good to be, you know, good to work. So I, I don't get it either. So it'll be one that was an odd, odd game plan from their approach, especially because you'd want to keep. Mahomes, that's one of the things with Mahomes and champ Chiefs is you keep the offense off the field by controlling the clock, by running the ball, by keeping them out of rhythm. Yep. It's kind of like a, a tried and true attempted strategy most of the times. Uh, Barry Soitoro has been celebrating 30 months as a Hawks okay. Nest member. Barry, let's go, man. Almost up to three years out there. Let's go. Says, Coach, two Ravens free agents. He'd hate to see us sign with the Hawks. Hate? Hate? Mm, I don't think hate. 
because because you bottom know, of whole, your you know, soul whole, just a whole different conference pounding tables when you but um this one dude that probably is not going to leave where he's at now but chris jones who's a free agent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, well, he said he said ravens free agents oh i uh, i can't do nothing about that uh, you're probably gonna get queen <laughs> you're probably gonna get queen I, i'm kind of hoping you get queen honestly i wouldn't hate it i'm kind of hoping you get queen because i would right. i'd be cool with him going to 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 this team uh because i know we probably can't re-sign him and um another free agent um i'd say clowny mm, i love me some clowny man i'd say clowny that'd be awesome i'd feel very good about those two uh, everyone in hawk fandom would feel good because they love clowny when he's here for the year that he was here so uh he's coming be off his best year yeah he was uh, he's well they did they they stopped messing around with it man like mm-hmm. He's not a, don't pop him in as a three tech. Don't stand him up as a spinner. Don't have him in there trying to always be looping around every time. Just let him come off the edges of wide with his hand in the dirt and uh, let him attack and get the single blocks as much as you can pull that with the stack fronts, which is where that's the solution. I think McDonald found with Clowney this year that's unique in that scenario is other coaches didn't understand that in that way of like, let me pull the singles and you get a tackle going one one against Clowney. He's too strong. He's just going to forklift those guys snap after snap. And there's not a lot they can really do about it. You know, they just, you can see him start to panic as the game goes along. Like this Mm -hmm. guy's strong as hell. And I can't really do much to, to kind of counter that. So he had nine and he legit should have had 14 or 15. Yeah. Well, that's what I always 14 or 15. He slid off. Like he would have guys and kind of, as they try to wiggle out of, he'd fall off. So he legit should have had 14 or 15 sets. He's always been an he's always been there's a little bit of the 10 million dollar move with the 10 cent finish sometimes on the <laughs> on the slide. That that was a but that's all right because he gets his two with it. You know what I mean? Like he still gets the others in between there where it's like he'll mm-hmm. still dunk, he'll get his dunks. It's just there's a couple of those that I don't know what it is. He got long arms and there you should be able to just take them right down. Or maybe he's trying not to get the the uh um, yeah, that penalty for being too hard on the quarterbacks now that you can get like um, but um those I like those for agents. Maybe uh maybe a Geno Stone if Quandre does go too. Um, yeah, Gino is. Yeah, Gino's available. Yeah, and um, he he had great success behind Mike, and a lot of people were, you know, in our fan base were saying that he was better than Marcus. And I had to re- kind of remind him, like, yes, Gino got seven interceptions. Yes, he's getting making these plays. He's still not better than Marcus. Yeah, <laughs> but he, he's he's play. good. He's good. Marcus just stay hurt. And when we had him in Marcus's spot as being just the free, he flourished. Yeah. yeah, you know, he got those picks and was able to make tackles, but when he had to do different stuff, we couldn't keep him on the field. Like we wanted to kind of move him down and back sometime. He like his tackling was eh. And, and Marcus was tackling better than him with one arm. Because Marcus played half the season with a I don't know if it was a shoulder or a pictorial issue, but he was just kind of throwing his shoulder, tackling, and he was tackling better than Geno Stone at one point. But huh. Geno go get the ball though. If he's if he's just playing free, you know, go get the ball. That, that's I guess one, that's just one thing he can do. He can go get the ball. Yeah. See, I think that's where it's, people worry about with the quandary thing and staying here with the price because he's making top 10 safety money. And you go, well, but if he can't, it seems like Mike McDonald's system just really requires those secondary players to have a full skill set. And especially at the safety position, if the cover two shell kind of makes the strong safety do some free safety stuff and the free safety do kind of some strong safety stuff, it seems like Mike McDonald's version of the cover two shell mm-hmm. really reinforces those um requirements of the position where it's not just like well if it's convenient for you but no you're going to need to play it like a box safety sometimes free you know Uh, it's it's 
That's what's going to make it weird about how we address ours. You mentioned Kobe Bryant. I think Julian Love is the guy that really benefited most from Mike McDonald coming because mm -hmm. he really did well out there in Wake Martindale's scheme out there with the Giants, and which, of course, he you, did a lot with. You don't have um, Leonard anymore either, do it. Who the defensive tackle was it? Is it? Um, I think he's going to be the prior. I think he's going to be the prior. Leonard Williams. Yeah, he's going to be the priority free agent. I think. Okay. So I I think that they're going to might be the franchise guy, franchise tag guy. No, because he's been done twice already. Oh, nice. When you hit him with a third, it's like an extra twenty percent on top of the. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no. he might make sixty in one year. <laughs> I like my I like Leonard, but you know, what I mean? like that's new. But I think they're going to try to throw the throw the uh, as much money, and then he's got McDonald coming in here, so I'm he, sure he's going. Ooh, I'm going to get single opportunities all across the board. He knows the defense too because he's got Martindale's background. So there's a lot there that to me just fits too well not to to bring Williams back into play. Mm -hmm. But um, that I do think that you have to cut the money out of the, the safety right to afford the stuff on the front end. Then with Leonard Williams to remain, and, so and I, and I think wholeheartedly the better your front end front end is, you can afford to not have an as good back end. In my opinion. I, I am in 100% agreement with this as well. I think you could go kick Julian Love. He can do both of those two safety position things. you got a couple guys here that are interesting on the roster. Maybe go draft a guy then. Um, like there's a Tyler Newbin in this draft that would be perfect for both of our defenses. Uh, you, you talk about matching up a Tyler Newbin with a Justin Hamilton. It's like, holy hell, you, you could be running anything you want all day long, anything. And um, they both have kind of that. He's Hamilton's a better player. He doesn't get the upside, but he's kind of a sub first round guy. <laughs> you, you said Justin Hamilton. I went along I with did. I said I, I, I always had a kid that. that played for me named Justin Hamilton. He ended up playing for the Cowboys. <laughs> I don't know why. I keep saying that too. I keep saying that with him, and I can't get the other. The other I'll learn it here eventually with it. But um, that's that's kind of the combo you might we might be looking to go to. But um, yeah, I agree with you. It's about to get the front seven, get especially the front four up there, legitimate, and uh, you know you can really. You can really then cover and protect. I just don't think it works as much inverse. We tried the past couple of years; right. the inverse didn't really kick in as much on that. You, you know? I mean, you could, the best corners four seconds they tapped out. Yeah, tapped right. Out. And if you can't get home, I mean, just look at the one play Lamar had versus the Lions. They had everybody covered. Lamar had nine seconds to throw the ball. Mm -hmm. You know, being a touchdown. So you, I mean, corners corners can't cover no longer than four or five seconds, especially when scramble when scramble drill starts. All heck breaks loose. And when you got those weak pass rushers, sometimes they can't get there and fight. It's like, it's no, it's one of those things like, well, they just logically keep fighting and fighting and the pocket eventually closes. It's like, no, sometimes they're just sitting there, you know, tackles just, and yeah. Cake. What, what do you, what do you want to do here? And then <laughs> rock them, sock them robots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you just go, it's, it's get the line, right. And we've made this again, this mistake of that not going strong enough on that front four where we did pretty good with sacks, but it was not consistent. It was like, we'd have these games with big, upshoots of sacks and pressures that sort of tilted the numbers of how the pressure really, how the, you know, when it always was just the front four front four. So uh, yeah, I, you gotta, you gotta invest in it, man. You gotta invest in that all the way. A uh, snail. Thank you for the $5 donation says coach. Welcome to the twelves. <laughs> now time to weigh in on my favorite Seahawks debate, NFL MVP, Sean, how Sean, uh, NFL, I uh, can't speak now. Sean Alexander hall of famer. Is, is he a hall of famer? Um, I would have to look at his numbers, but he did have some great years in Seattle. I don't, I don't know his total numbers. I just 10,000, 10, 9,500 9, yards and like 106 touchdowns. I mean, they've let worse people to get in, in my opinion. I'm well, and I, some I've, guys that shouldn't be that are in there that probably shouldn't be in there is, uh, is, uh, 
Well, shoot, who's your guys' back? You guys won the Super Bowl. The the big the big dog you ran all Lewis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is Lewis Hall of Famer? He didn't have enough. He got hurt. He, even though he had a two thousand yard season, he's ah. Well, that's a good question. I the, 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 the I, need, part, I guess I need to look at the numbers compared to Sean. How I much think, in I fact like Sean did it for a longer period of time, but I could be wrong. Well, he did have a good run of those years, and Sean had the MVP, so he did have the year where you know he went off too. But Sean did have Walter Jones and Steve Hutchinson up front too, mm-hmm. two Hall of Famers in his own right. This becomes where this is a fun debate in the Hawk fandom because it's like Jamal had uh, some good old lineman too. Now he had yeah, he had Ogden and. But then who else did he who else was on that line really? I mean, look at Fortnite. They run behind train all the time. So Yeah, true. <laughs> Sometimes that's enough. <laughs> Sometimes all you need is an Ogden. It's like two for one with those guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's for sure. So uh, I I didn't I did, what was your answer on that one? What was your final I, answer? I think yes. I think yes. Because I, right. I think there are lesser caliber guys in the Hall of Fame. So I would say yes, not knowing like it was random so i, I wouldn't prepare for the question but i think yes. oh i know totally yeah it, it's a tough one too because there's so many running backs in that log jams the ten thousand yard mark seems to be kind of a log jam of guys some get in some don't it, it's like you say it's almost a bit arbitrary of which ones are decided to be allowed or not and uh i don't know we, we'll we see tend we're... to think of the more flashier guys we do we do i i think too just be... just a workhorse it, it was. And I, I think you got to, it's going to maybe start pushing into the future in that 12, 13,000 yard territory. But then again, we'll see because there's there? not as many of this bad. Who's getting there? That's the other right. thing about it is like it was for a while there was everybody was getting there. And now it's the trends, uh, you know, the trends go back. You buying this? I want to try out this thing real quick for you too on this. Um, so this is my theory on the hopeful of the defense going forward. I've been trying this theory out, seeing what people think. I'd love to see okay. your thoughts. We got the NFL, it starts, okay? I'm talking back of the days, no face mask, the leather helmets, right? Defense far out ahead of the offense, mm-hmm. right? Far out ahead of the offense. And we start getting along, 50s, 60s, 70s. And slowly the offense is catching up. About late 70s, Air Coriel, offenses kick in, Bill Walsh, 80s. And it seems like the offenses by the late 80s, it's just maybe at least even or maybe nudged over. Mm-hmm. Last 20, 30 years, offense, two, 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 two. It just really has continued to extend, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like as a, a, we talked about trends this last year, man, it felt like scoring was down a little bit. Third down efficiency felt like it was down a little bit this year. Do we feel like now is the time we're in it where the defense is going to start to come back into the flow on this, where you're going to see that thinking and understanding that like at that beginning point wasn't always the offense ahead. It wasn't always the offense miles. And I know the NFL rules are slanted and all that, but like I was saying to you earlier, I feel like that there's room here for this catch up to occur. If if the rules stayed as is, I feel like everything is cyclical, cyclical and that mm-hmm. defense would do that. But with so many people, well, I take that back with the NFL wanting to sell their product, and we know the up and down sales, the product, they're going to do something to just gut punch the defense. Something. <laughs> they're going to do something. And I'm a, and I'm an offensive guy. I love yeah. the ball going up and down the field. But I yeah, think yeah. with the NFL being a business and they want to sell the most exciting game ever, they going to do something to gut punch the, the defense to make it not be able to come, come back and be like a defensive lead. The best chance you got, I think you got the guy that can work around, find loopholes in it, and create chaos. Because yeah. he 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 just he gives you one thing, and it's never really what you think it is. There, like for him to come out in a one high, one high safety, and it to be cover one or cover three, 
it's rare. So let's just say it was a thousand plays. That may have happened three times. Hmm. You're you're pretty much going to get something different at the snap of that ball. You you hmm. don't really know who's coming. And and God forbid he gives you somebody or somebody on the defense with some patience. Like like one of our one of my favorite plays from us this year, we playing the Texans. And the name, name I mentioned earlier, Arthur Mollett. Arthur Mollett was covering the, the, the slot receiver. He's looking at the slot receiver, looking at the slot receiver. CJ Stroud goes up, you know, he scans the defense, I guess trying to get his read or whatnot. Then the, the tackle taps the, the center, you know, for the cycling count or whatever. Then CJ Stroud gets his hands ready to catch it. That's when Marlette slides out the edge and goes. He's untouched, untouched, just because he was patient. He never looked at CJ Stroud. He looked at the DB, I mean the receiver the entire time. And then once that 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 center touched the where the guard touched the center to snap the ball, that's when he slid in and went. If you can get guys that with patience and are uh, disciplined to do stuff like that, that's the best way to to kind of because you got to trick the offense. You got yeah. to because it's, it's set up for them to win. And then you yeah. got you know you got to take away the numbers game, which we didn't at first because that's that's all the Chiefs did versus us that first half. We had we were playing a two high shell. They go three receivers to one side. We'd have two DBs over there. But that second safety, that other safety would be deep. And we just threw the ball out there. Blocked them two front guys. Let them see if they make somebody miss. And when we finally played the numbers, it kind of – and we tackled. It, they really didn't have a secondary plan. Yeah. So, yeah, it, he does a good job of adjusting. I will say that. And it, it seems like, I guess, as much ground as you can gain, to your point, from what you're saying, he's going to gain as much that ground or this potential defense is there to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree with you. I, I, it's probably the cattle tackle. What is the cattle tackle? The hip tackle? That'll yeah. be the next the thing. Drop hit, drop hit, the, drop hit, thingy, whatever. Yeah, the drop hit will probably be the next thing they do because I, I they can't take that away, man. That's going to be too hard for those guys to come on. You know, what are they supposed to do? You know, these guys. Now, it, it, it did claim some some players, but I, I, I know. I also used got. Play. I, I know it got happen. it got your Shane Andrews, and we didn't talk about that as a big big part of the game. Is that not having 100 Shane Andrews Mark. definitely hurts hurt your Raven, Mark? I see. I can't see any of the names <laughs> right. My bad, man. I'm that's, sorry. That's fine because you uh, are Seahawks. That's fine. That's right. Well, I should that's know fine. better. I'm a I'm an NFL fan. I know I know Mark Andrews, so I, I know I, better. I, but, we was fine without Mark. We yeah. The offense even got better without Mark. Oh, okay. It was. It just it always was, feels it like it he's was, the safety blanket in there. Okay. Everybody was touching the ball. Like nobody really had like these crazy numbers, but the running backs were getting touches. You know, all three receivers were getting touches. The tight ends were getting touches. It, the offense like it flourished outside of Mark, and I'm not blaming Mark for the loss. I'm just saying it was a uh, it was nice. We got stop. <laughs> nice. We got stop having Isaiah likely raise his hand when he's got triple coverage. <laughs> well, you got to stop the quarterback from throwing it when he can see all three people. Isaiah likely sees one. He saw. Yeah. He see all three of them. Didn't they have the previous week? There was I, when I saw the play, I went, "Oh, you know what happened there?" Was the previous week at the Tex in the Texans game? Isaiah's it wasn't he in the end zone, or maybe it was in the line of last regular season. But he went up and he made one of those trust catches where he goes mm-hmm. over the top and peels it back over the top of the corner on that. That was and a, I, that was a playoff game. That was a playoff game. I felt like maybe that was in Lamar's mind when he made that throw of uh, that throw and completely like I'll just put it in there and he'll do the Isaiah likely thing where he could just go up and you know, kind of moss a guy on it. And yeah, that, that, that catch was one-on-one. This was three-on-one. Pass interference aside, it's still, when you look at that, that play from the back, he, he does have the, the cup, the Tampa two linebacker beat. He does. And that's when he Mm -hmm. throws his hands up. 
He can't yeah. see the safety behind him or That's the true. one coming from the other side because he know I got this guy beat. Lamar, give me the ball. He looking for the ball. He can't see yeah. the safeties. That ain't on him. So I, yeah, yeah. I never blamed him, you know, for throwing his hand up at, at no point. But the quarterback, you see the whole thing, man. Come on. Can't can't throw that there. Gotta be gotta be more protective of the ball. Right. Um new uh Hawkaholic, thank you for becoming a member of the channel. I appreciate you for that, Hawkaholic. Chad Hart, thank you for the uh fiver. Appreciate you. It says B, tell coach the Ravens are still the big dogs in the AFC. One more thing. Beat that damn Pittsburgh Steelers team. <laughs> yes, sir. That is an agreement. I, I exactly. That's the team we can't beat. Yeah, that was weird this year, huh? They've beaten us. They've beaten us. I say the last 10 games, they've probably beaten us eight. Yeah. They're, but and they, they, got they're, they're, they never, they, their, their wins don't really matter because we probably play them at the end. And when we don't play the, the full team. So that's, they kind of almost get an automatic win because we play them the last week almost every time. I was gonna say, you just, you just, <laughs> coach throwing, coach throwing some, throwing the Steelers here subtly, subtly, but he's throwing, he's throwing shade at him there, just a little bit. I, I see what you're doing there, coach. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, you know, hey, hey, they're resting too, but they just were preparing for Cancun. That's all for the couple of weeks, you know. So, but uh, that's true. Three. That's true. Cancun on three. Um. Well, I do think you guys are still well positioned. I know you're a little bit worried about where your, you know, your coaches are going to be, but I think uh, what helps when you still got a lot of talent there. I don't think you're going to lose a ton of guys, and you've still been drafting really well mm -hmm. over the years. I, I got to say, it was good to hear from my general manager that he saw himself looking at the same players, and that you're. It was an, an anecdote that I told you about a little bit of the story there, but it was. It's also a little bit of. I've I told you this midweek last week last year where. You guys draft for value and you let value run your board. You don't go to need and why that you guys have been able to remain where you ran. There's a lot of reasons, but one of the big reasons is because you've, you've kept in that, whether it was Aussie there or whether it's DaCosta there, you've been able to keep in that lane. And so many teams get pulled into the lane of need every draft and just eh, come here and you guys stay in that spot uh, and you get the benefits. And that's why I think there's still the future is, you know, really, really, really bright for you guys, especially now that we do know Lamar, can do the passing stuff. He mm -hmm. he is a he is a competent passing quarterback. Now it's like you said, just stay with your identity. Don't don't move off of that. When 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 a lot of the Costa or uh, Isaac make the picks, a lot of the fan base, myself included, kind of look like why. But this year, some of those moves, like as as minuscule as they seemed at the moment, they really paid off big. They really yeah. paid off big. Um, like just 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 random name, not even Kyle Hamilton. Just, just Travis Jones. Travis mm. Jones, a third round pick, and and played a significant role. You know, had to jump in his game. It's you know, um, likely what fourth round pick or whatever. Cause we had like nine hundred fourth round picks a couple years ago, um, <laughs> and you know, both tight ends and almost four picks apart. Likely, I mean, our Kolar then likely. Uh, so he, you know, his picks panned out. It's just one that really bites him in the butt when it compared when it comes to me, and that's where the the value over the need I think really bit us in the butt, and that's mm. Ojabo over Pickens. Ooh, I personally had Pickens as the best receiver in that class. I, I did. And, I had a first round grade on him too. I don't know if I have the best, but I'm definitely that. To get Ojabo, who, who's only played maybe twenty snaps, 
that 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 one pick really bothers me. But it's one pick. It's one pick out of seventy. But I just know we needed a wide receiver because we lost Hollywood and didn't go get one. Well, why do they the NFL draft evaluators have such a hard time with pickings? I I I I understand that attitude, yeah. discipline. Then he was injured that he was injured that last year, and he got well enough to play in the champ. They didn't want him to play in a championship game, but he like he was like, why wouldn't I play? I missed all these other games. <laughs> I liked him because I got to see him personally. Yeah, as they they had a um, Florida State has an elite camp where they, it's like invite only, and I was able to go because we had a kid that was invited, and George Pickens on like Sam Howell was the quarterback at, at this camp for George Pickens. <laughs> I tell you who it didn't matter who was in front of George Pickens, he destroyed them. At one point, they were trying to see how good he was. He went four or five times in a row. Yeah, and destroyed everybody up there, and I was a fan of him since. And just I think he was underused at Georgia because he wasn't in the right system. Because you know Georgia's a running down your throat play action type team, but yeah. had he been in the system that threw the ball a lot, there's no doubt in my mind that he would have been like, like if he played in a Washington system like last year, he probably broke all kind of records. But you know if he was healthy, oh yeah, he he, he he was legit. And the fact that he don't mind blocking, I love that. I, I loved it too. I I just my tape I his tape I fell in love with. He, you know he had he had that one play on tape at Georgia where he's the ball's out in front of him on a on a go ball, and he just sort of decides as it's coming down, I'm gonna just jump and and I swear he must have jumped ten feet forward to go get the ball and does a somersault flip on the catch mid mid catch to a somersault and comes up off the and you went whoa and okay. sticks the landing. Sticks the landing, and you just go, geez, uh, that's guys don't do that, and especially don't do that at his size. And, and he's got he's like a kind of Madden creative player, receiver wise, mm -hmm. with the the length and the just angular build that he's got. Uh, he's gonna he's still still not utilized <laughs> at Pittsburgh in the race. He's got Arthur Smith coming. And in won't be now. not with why well, you, you beat me too. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna get dark for him a little. He's gonna have to wait for that free agency, I think, with uh, with that one man, because yeah, Arthur ain't gonna throw the ball. I mean, if he couldn't get Kyle Pitts going, he ain't gonna get Pickens going. You know, uh, so. Uh, like it's a it's a wrap. They might run the ball well there in Pittsburgh, but <laughs> I have a feeling Arthur like, yeah, pick it'll be fine. Let's just roll with that. Mm -hmm. Um, th thank you, Chad. Uh, Radu, uh, thanks for being a member of for the Hawks Nester for two months. What's stopping McDonald bringing in Munkin as well? Would you be disappointed if he left, or would you be glad? I would be disappointed. Okay, I'd be disappointed. I would feel if I'm him. I would feel like the job's unfinished. Like I had everything to cook the meal and I just didn't let it cook long enough. Mm. Me personally would feel that way. If he left, obviously I'd get over it. But, you know, I, I'd be mad if he left. Yeah, I would. I would be mad if he left. Unless you replace him with somebody off the Shanahan tree that's going to get my quarterback mm -hmm. on the center. Mm-hmm. Well, that Shanahan tree has been plucked pretty hard lately. Lately, you know what I mean? Like there ain't a lot of those. There's fruits, but they're still growing, right? You're right. grabbing something a little bit green on it right now. Let me ask you this question: Everybody says those guys are off the Shanahan tree. Mm -hmm. You want to keep it a book? Aren't they all off the Jay Gruden tree? Jay Gruden was the head coach when they was all in Washington. It's all Bill Walsh, basically. <laughs> I go Bill Walsh. That's where I land. It's all Bill, you know. But yeah, I mean, it's it's. And you're right. Some of these guys are not even under necessarily Shannon. They were on like the coaching staff with his dad, so they're not even at the Kyle. It's actually Mike Shannon. Um, you know, I I think that the my opinion is on the Shannon offense is that it's maybe in the middle of doing its best stuff, but it's not 
It's not like the defense we're talking about with McDonald where it's the only game in town to me. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a lot of room for other offenses to come in. Um, maybe some of the spread concepts. I mean, I'd love to hear what you think. We're, we're, we're looking at bringing in Ben Grubbs, the, that offensive attack that you love to watch with Penix. Mm -hmm. Can it, but, but without the big wide hash marks, we ain't get them wide hashes here right. at the pro <laughs> level. How, uh, how's that going to work without the wide hashies? I'm, I'm not sure the, um, what Washington did that really amazed me, aside from the passing stuff, when it when it got near the gritty time, they ran the football. Mm. Oh yeah, they didn't they didn't run the well versus Michigan, but they yeah. they, they ran the, they ran the football. And so as much as you know, Pennis was throwing all over the place, they knew they had to set the the pass up with the run. And if he can find a way to do that, I feel like he'll be, you know, okay. You just the thing is with the NFL, you got to run the ball. There's like in, in high school and college, you can you can reverse that. You can throw to set up the runner. In NFL, that ain't that ain't gonna cut it. You got to run the ball. Some kind yeah. of whether it's whether it's outside zone, inside zone, corner power, or a mixture of all those, you gotta find a way to get the runs going. Because they when you go to play action, them linebackers will laugh at you. Yeah. Well, and that's the whole thing. I think that's starting to be a bit of a new thing with the NFL where analytics and all that was trying to tell you, let's say it was seven or eight years ago that you don't actually need the run to set up the play action because theoretically you're getting that bite occurring. But I think what you're saying and what I've seen as well in my eyes is that in recent years, you're maybe seeing more of these linebackers being coached by the, by the coaches to play more of the situation. And depending on the coaching staff, like us, for instance, who love to stop the run, mm -hmm. our linebackers are always taking that full step forward. They're all, you, you can always count on it to come no matter what, but more smarter driven teams, I think, are more looking to no, you lose a step taking that in. So mm -hmm. it's like like in baseball, first step goes back now. And then react if that's your read, you know, if that's your read of linebacker, obviously if you read the run, you're wanting them to be instinctive with that. But a lot of these times you can kind of, you know, these players I've been told, I mean, do you buy it? That a lot of times they do kind of know generally what they're getting when we get to the point of snap, whether it's pass or run, right? Yeah. I mean, do you think there's really that guessing game that's in there intricately with, with, um, at the pro the level? The analytics and guys watching tape, you have a general idea of pass run. And that's why when somebody throws a, a, a draw on third and eight, a lot of times it's successful. Because yeah. for the most part, everybody in America knows that it's a that's a passing down. And if you got mm. the cojones to run it there and you get it, kudos to you. But if I'm going to play the numbers and you're going to run it on third and eight every time, you're probably not going to get it. No, so, you no. Know, this is they just they're the, the guys that play the game now they're just more aware uh yeah. more tape study smarter guys actually um they just they have a better feel for the game they specialize early so they're doing just football stuff from 12 now which is, is nuts in my eyes a 12 year old just playing football but oh my god yeah they, please they hopefully just, just flag they, right they come in like robots <laughs> and they 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 already been you know they had these personal coaches the personal coaches not only coach them physically they coach them mentally teach them how to watch film and do a bunch of different other things if they good and so they just come in more ready to 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 do different stuff and so kudos to them man i just you know i wish i had a lived in that era been an athlete it, in that area would have been nice huh would have been nice getting prepped like that fully all the way around. You were just in your backyard, probably like I was like trying to do wins <laughs> right. and stuff. So it's a bit of a different thing now, man. That's uh that's for true. Um, we'll try to get you. I know we crossed an hour here, so we'll try to get a little bit of a wrap up um shortly here. Um, thank you, uh Snail, for the five dollar donation. It says uh 
Coach, what are your thoughts on the Hall of Fame snubbing the GOAT, Marcus Trufant, greatest defensive back of all time, go Cougs, pack two champs? Ooh, <laughs> you can't you can't pull greatest DB of all times to me. That's a he's a he's a notorious coog here in the chat. So if it's uh it doesn't matter whether it's Marcus Trufant or we're talking about Cam Ward this past mm. season at quarterback or <laughs> Cam Ward's my quarterback now. I was hoping he came out, man. That was my third round guy. That yeah. was my third round guy. I wanted Cam, him. Cam Ward's my hurricane quarterback now, I think. You're gonna like him. He's a gunslinger back there. And mm -hmm. you know, these guys in college, they're so sometimes you mentioned robotic, which not bad robotic all the time. You know, sometimes it, it's everything's clean, mechanics clean, they're just pop, pop, pop. but uh, with this guy, it's you know, the storm will be upon him and he's still gonna let that thing rip from the backside of his ear 25 yards down the field on an out route and just trust it. And mm -hmm. he's got the he's got the firepower to get it in there, which is impressive. Um, six about six one, but I mean, kids a kid's a gamer and he'll he'll throw some passes it'll take your breath away but love it uh don't you still have crystal ball down there uh yeah yeah we got the best team the nil can buy i don't know about the coach <laughs> <laughs> you know nil don't cover coaching <laughs> coach <laughs> that's the only problem there <laughs> got the uh but the, as far as marcus trufant he he should be there man I, from what i remember trufant dog oh, no. um he's he's good but lockdown guy um i mean again like, like, I'm, I'm gonna say this from my favorite DB, Dion. He said, oh, "There's yeah. two Hall of Fames." He said, "There's a Hall of Fame and a Hall of Game." Some of the guys that are not in the Hall of Fame definitely should be in the Hall of Game because True Funk was one of the guys oh, that yeah. could lock you down and make your reads, make your quarterback reads be okay. We going to this side, unless you got a a, a top top tier receiver over there, we ain't throwing a True Funk. He, he was one of those guys, and those guys are few and far between. You, you know, obviously Dion Revis, you know, some other guys, but you can put True Fun's name in there as far as being a guy that you got to locate when the when you can break the huddle. Yeah, he was a damn good player, no doubt about that. I would always give him his flowers. From what I've too. seen, he's a successful businessman in the area. Oh, he's doing I saw good. An interview or something. Yeah. Oh, he's from, something. Yeah, yeah, he's from the local western area, and you know. We take care of our people here. You know, if you're a former Seahawk, you're a former Husky, you're a former Coug, you know, you're, you're, you're good for life there. So yeah, he's doing well. He's doing really well. Um, Garth Knight, thank you for the uh, $5 donation as well. All the donations today, Garth, he says, uh, zip two is Raven nation. Basically what the F do due to the lack of running in the AFC title. Has there been any explanations for not running? John's explanation was that's kind of where it went. <laughs> I hate those. You know, and some record, some reporter said, some reporter kind of gave him an out and saying, was it because of the two long drives? And he was like, yeah, you know, they hit the long drives and he kind of rolled with it. And so he mm -hmm. was like, just that's the way the game went. You know, us people that know football and not, we don't just watch the ball. We know that's BS. Why wouldn't he say, we, and we I know agree. the guy's scared. Is that is that what it is? It's just that, that if I give the answer truth, it's that bad of an answer, do you think? Because I do agree. I think that there's a bit of uh, our coaches do the same thing where it's like, why wouldn't you just break down the truth here as to what happened? I mean, it's not. It, I felt like he threw Lamar on the bus, too. Yeah, there was a little bit of Lamar. He said that uh, a lot of runs were called and they were checked at the line of scrimmage. Mm. I mean, okay. if, if he's still passing, you are the head coach. You can tell him to run the darn play. As called. Especially if he's been doing it for a couple of quarters. That's right. when you come back into the guy in the third quarter and you go, okay, now we're going out of half. We got to run this ball, protect our defense a little bit, get control of the clock. You know, 
yeah, that, that's a weak excuse. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't it, like that. His head said it works just like everybody else. <laughs> I, I know I've been in a situation where I got a little pass happy, and the uh, off the head coach be like, "Run the ball, coach." <laughs> it's, just, it's just that simple. Is is that it? The words exactly as he uses in the moment, or what uh, would no. be? Uh, what would no. give me? Give me. Uh, what would you say with the expletive? But put in expletives in between. <laughs> run the bleeping ball, coach. <laughs> or, or you got any bleeping run plays on that sheet? <laughs> uh, I can only imagine sometimes when they. I, but it happens. Eh? You're in the flow of the game, and you just forget. Oh man, it's been a while since we've you know run the ball as much. So you do need those reminders. But <laughs> is the next call a run play, or do you have to kind of like, hey, I'm the offensive coordinator. I'll get to it when that uh, happens. That next call better be a run play, <laughs> unless you and we were we with were no check. fast pace. We were kind of fast pace, so sometimes uh, I would kind of get away with calling one because we were like no huddle, no no. We were trying to go fast. Oh, so, okay. But I know within the next play or two, I better have a run ready. Yeah. Do you think that that's starting going to take back into the? That's always been something that we've been waiting for to come in with the spread. Of course, it's some teams peppered in a little bit, but. Nobody's really uh it's not back like the old days, you know, you right, had with the so bills it's, and it's the, a health it's health hazard. Yeah. Them too pros many extra won't do that. Too many too yeah. many plays and pros won't do that. Yeah. Too many that makes sense. to get hurt, being tired and whatnot. And then if you do try to do it again, we talked about defensive rules. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, to help this is the one rule that helps the defense. If you sub on offense, no matter how fast you're trying to go, they gotta hold the ball up and let the defense up. That's one of the few things they've done to help the defense. And a lot of defense take advantage of it. They wait to the last minute before they try to sub out. So, and keep in mind when they do that, if your clock run out, it just run out. Do you have to keep, do you, to make a hurry up offense work, do you have to keep subbing out the personnel to keep them fresh enough to run the routes and whatnot? You're you're outside guys, maybe. Everybody else should be good. Okay. You're outside, you're two outside guys, depending on how you got your offense set up. They, you might have to sub them out, but your everybody else should be good. Unless, because been... if you're getting two or three yards a pop, that ain't really hurting the O line. What's yeah. hurting the O line if you're getting 30, 40, then they have the run. But you get two right. 30, 40 yard runs, you better be in the red zone. But so, you're wanting to, after the 30 or 40 yard run, to come back up there and sometimes then catch that defense in the same way of like, we just hit the, we got the momentum, we got it going, mm-hmm. bam, come back and now let's hit. But then if they're tired and you want to sub out, then the defense, yeah, that's what, what happened is you get a 30 yard run and it's holding. And so they didn't ran down that 30 yards. Now they got to come back because it's holding. That's when you're getting problems. And then you can start getting, you know, pre-snap penalties and all that stuff too. Yeah. Do you make a call as a coordinator then to give them a play of like, okay, we're just going to run a power a gap run here to give everybody a blow of 45 seconds on this. Even or just, just to... take the check with me off. Just, just, yeah. you know, just, just chill. Just you, you don't have to tell them that you're slowing down. Just wait and call the play. Yeah. I know like we get in a four minute offense. I don't even change the tempo. I just wait till I give them the play. I just wait till like 15 seconds, then I give them play. No, so instead okay. of putting in, I just try to put as much of it on me as possible. But I'm talking about high schoolers, not pros. Yeah. But there's some minor, I mean, there is some minor kind of echoes to to probably it carrying forward in, in certain ways in that respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, though, Garth, uh, for that fiver and also for this $5 donation. says, uh, Zip and Brando's uh, training day consisted of three raw <laughs> eggs and a banana in a blender after 300-yard crab walks. <laughs> you got it, man. That, 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 ain't, that ain't far from it. High knees. Just add a little heel to it. <laughs> doing, the, 
Doing yeah. the, the, that, 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 yeah, yeah. What, what do we call the one that where you got to flip, you go side to side and you're flipping your hips back and forth? That was the one uh, we used to do by my day. Karaoke. I don't, I don't know. Is that what it is? Karaoke. If you're on your feet. Yeah, on the feet. Cross, yeah, it's kar- yeah, karaoke. Yeah. Karaoke. Some people call it different, but it's karaoke. Man, that I, one still, was I still can do some of that stuff. Just I can too, but it pace. hurts. It hurts. It hurts after you're done too. You can't lie about that. But my mind, are you feeling a little bit more like, oh, yeah. oh, oh boy. Three, four I'm days not supposed to I'm do off. that no more. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'll be good for the one day. Just give me the four off and yep. then I'll be, I'll, I'll be fine at that point. Um, Thank you, Garth. Uh, Radu, thank you for the uh, $2 donation. It says Michigan defensive coordinator Jesse Minter is the Chargers' new defensive coordinator. I knew he was leaving. I didn't know he was going to be to DC. Interesting. A lot of moving parts between all these teams here a little bit with uh, Harbaugh's move, McDonald's move. Boy, you guys have gotten plucked, it sounds like, which is unfortunate too. I kind of feel like McDonald didn't go harder at the coaching staff is kind of a little bit of a favor to Harbaugh where he's like, okay, I'm, I'm already leaving. I'm not going to just, you know, I'll take that and that and that. I did hear this. The guy he wanted, Harbs made the, the DC. Oh, okay. He really wanted Harv made the DC, and that was Orr. Mm-hmm. And so that makes obviously, sense. Obviously, Wilson, you know, was the D, got a DC job. I think before Mike even left, and then when Weaver didn't get the DC job in in Baltimore, he went to Miami. Mm, okay. Or maybe right before one. This happened right around the same time. But I know that Mike wanted Orr, and I think that's why he got the job over Weaver. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's smart. I, I mean, if Harbaugh, what, what other route was he going to go? If not, you know, it's back to Wink or something. I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> there weren't a lot of good. <laughs> please, God, no. You don't want no more, no more risk. Well, Wink need good corners. He does. Yeah. And that's the thing I was hearing about him within Baltimore is like, as long as the starting corners were out there, it was great. But the second mm-hmm. that you had to go to your backup corners, he still wanted to run the crazy hyper attack, hyper aggression, and those backups couldn't roll and they just got slaughtered. Mm-hmm. And Marlo were were healthy and in. We were okay defensively. When Marcus mm. Peters started having his issues with his health, and then it was Marlo and some random guy, the defense didn't change. And them random guys were getting torched. Hmm. Yeah, that's the that's the tough part about wanting to run that that scheme is you better lock stock up on and corners are hard to find as it is that can cover like getting two's tough, much oh. less a good slot, much less having them backups on top of it for the depth. It's it becomes a bit too much to have to. And that's why you maybe lean to have the defenses that we uh, were, you know, McDonald's running in that type. Where it's okay, still kind of some zone. We'll run some man, but we don't necessarily need this to be right. We can still make it very effective. Um, I've kept you for a little bit of extra time here. Just a, a couple last questions. Number one, I didn't get a final answer from you on Bobby, which I'm going to press you for. Um, do you the, should he stay or what? What was it? Remind me. Yeah. Um, well, the question is, is it, does he fit this defense? Oh, yeah. Having a, having a guy that might be not as fast as he was in his 20s, let's say when it was coming out of college, like a 4-4-5 four, four, guy, let's say he's more like 4-6-5-ish now. I, you I know, think, because I, I assumed that he was staying until I went and looked at the sport track thing, and I was thinking fit PQ with him, and you keep yeah. that same thing rolling. Well, That's what I was he, thinking. I, I thought as well that you what you do is you go get look at Target Queen, bring him in, you get your hyper athletic guy next to him who can be kind of his, you know, go go get him. I'll be mm-hmm. here in the box. And I like with maybe the stack fronts with Bobby, he's a really good blitzer, one of the mm-hmm. best blitzing middle linebackers of the sport. And you put him up in that A gap a lot, whether he's going or not, it's just kind of to me, kind of nice territory to put him in where you get him closer into that box and down there to have some effect and impact. Yeah, I think I think he'd be a perfect fit. He can he can be that guy that kind of does some of the stuff I was telling you Queen would do, and that would keep him more around the line of scrimmage, would kind of protect him in coverage. Obviously, he'd have to drop some, but I'm sure Bobby can 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 spot drop 
and and go out go out areas like now there might be a problem what we talked about earlier but for the most part with the way they get pressured and different ways they get pressure the ball is coming out quick yeah so, well that's when i feel like he could you know even if they catch it you know bob is a sure tackler he still is but that if he, he tackling them for two three yards so be it you give that up yeah i think he fit perfect still yeah, no, it's those big plays down the field, Bobby. People are worried about in this defense, and I it didn't. I saw there was times Roquan would go play the the middle hash on the cover too, and they would do a little bit of that. But for the most part, he's down there, and they'll, he'll zip zip over and take the the flat routes away if it's post snap off the a gap. He'll, which Bobby can absolutely, I think, still do that. Um, I guess just last kind of couple questions. What are the weaknesses to be looking for in this defense? What is it that when things aren't going right or don't look, where's the the places that can be attacked? I don't know if it was a personnel issue for us, but no matter what you came out defensively, we were in nickel. We never really brought in extra linemen, never brought in really extra linebackers. For the most part, no matter what you came out in, except for goal line, obviously, or fourth and short or third and real short, we were in nickel. And so, like the Rams did us, we were susceptible to the run um, versus the Rams. Now, what I will say is – you're probably going to give up yards. So be ready for that. Mm -hmm. The thing is, if it works the way, you know, it worked for us, you're going to give up yards, but you're going to have people kicking field goals. You're going to get turnovers. You're going to get sacked. But you're mm -hmm. going to give up yards. Cause like once the, they get into that compressed part of the field, like the, the 30 on in where they don't, they don't have to defend so far down the field. His defense gets just that much better. Okay. But as far as the run, because he don't really change personnel a lot, but he had the bodies to do that. Like he could slide Kyle in to like a third linebacker. And I don't like, I don't know where Jamal fits in that system, but Jamal could probably do that same type thing and stay in that same personnel. Cause to me, he's a, a little linebacker anyway. But mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, it's just cause you're going to be in nickel. You, for the most part, you're going to be in nickel. Even and against 12. It, it, yes. Yes. Like I say, he, is that where the run he, problems came in? Was mm -hmm. if they go to 12 and then you have them just run on you on 12 and 12 personnel? That's what the Rams did to us. They went 12 oh. with, um, and then they had Puka and, um, and, uh, Cooper. Cooper. And they yeah. just, or they got, they got in 12 and like it was ace and they'd have Puka on the wing and fold Puka up under the, the, the yeah. um, tight end. And we just was still in 12. They just outnumbered us. And yeah. the only, guess who they left free to tackle? The cornerback. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's why I'm worried. That's why I'm worried, Tariq, because he just had such he's a receiver convert to corner. He's only been mm -hmm. playing a couple of years, and it it's the place where you know some of those guys. I've had buddies that have played that were guys that I've got friends that are former cornerbacks, and of course they they hate receivers. They've got that weird, you know, receiver. And uh they just talk about how just like you know, weak they can be and just how <laughs> If they go off on these tangents. So that sticks in my mind when my buddies tell me about that stuff where they're just like, where I go, does he got that lack of dog to do it? You know, where he won't get in there and tenaciously because, you know, he, he's got more of that receiver, but maybe mentality that does help him to be a corner and ball skills and jump it, but maybe not enough to go up there and put his nose in there. You know, that makes me worried a little bit. Uh, last little uh, donation here from Kelly says, thank you, Kelly says uh, three, be more in blue moon cafe. Where does sip name from? Uh, so I'm originally from the state on the, which side on my left, where the other side on this side, I'm originally from that state and I moved to the other state and that's mm -hmm. where it is. Okay. 
There we That's go. how it came to, to, to pass. I was looking for a podcast name and a friend of mine kind of helped me out. And that's what it came from. I moved from one state to the other. That's, that's simply, it's real. It's in the name, technically. <laughs> well, I moved from one state to this city. Put it like that. That's not because Tally is not a state. It's Florida. But no, it I makes moved, sense. I moved from Mississippi to Tallahassee. That's definitely that's definitely an upgrade, I would say, from what I've heard. I've been to either. I haven't lived either, but from what I've been told by people living in the South, they would say that was a a jump up to do that. Um, well, do me a favor, folks. Uh, go over here to Sip2 Tally Films. In fact, you don't even have to look it up on Google. If you just click down the description link section below, you can find I've got that linked right there. So you click that link down. You can get right over to his channel. Like, let's show him uh, some kindness here. He gave us an hour and a half of his time today. I think it took a couple hours from him during the season. And uh, please do get subscribed to his channel here as uh, me and him will be uh, definitely chopping again. I'm going to force him back over. Or he'll force me over. It is or one of the way we'll do this. We'll do some draft talk, I'm sure, as we're leading up to that and uh, discuss a little bit after all. Our team are looking for the same players my general right. manager said it man coach so i mean it's just it's on the books thank what, you what number do you have in the draft which one uh we got 16 right now 16 okay okay but it's 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 16 to 25 and then we're taking grant we're taking graham barton or troy fontanu or mm -hmm. cooper bebe so we're getting our second rounder back from the leonard williams trade going mm -hmm. to 25 swooping in front of you guys because you know you're going to be looking at tony's my no he's ours we're doing it's our turn this year you had us last year now it's our turn and that's how we're going to do you. So uh, I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is when we look for really good players, you know, at the same time. And you made some great points, uh, finish up on th that value board thing. You made the great point about this, that it can cause at first blush some anger and some frustration on draft day at times. Mm -hmm. But that's also, I think, part of the, the important process to embracing the value structure versus going need. Because you have to pick a lane. You can't split your way between the draft. You've got to choose what you do. Mm -hmm. And the benefits end up, you know, for the most part, like I said, there'll be one or two picks that go, God, but this one we would have. But for the most part, that one's more about don't take a guy in the second round who just blew his Achilles out. You know, like that one's more that come on. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. That was that was more of a little like eh, that was not just value. That was also like you guys that you was know, ego. injured. Yeah, it was ego. That was total ego. So um, smartly run organization. You do a great channel, man. You covered some uh, great stuff this year with the Ravens. I know it ended up in heartbreak, but you still got a really good team and a, a, I think it's still a very bright future moving on. Thank you, man, so much for no doing problem. this. I really do I appreciate, appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for um, you know having me. And I do have a second channel, which is where my Seahawks content will kind of flow. Like the, I, again, I think I already told you this last time, the, the biggest video on my second channel is a Seahawks video. It's about Tyreek Woolen. Uh, I think I called it Tyreek the Freak. It hit over, I want to say 10,000 views. I'm going to thank Let's you guys. Go. I know I know y'all found it some kind of way. And I think that yeah. might be how Megan found me, I think. What's the name of that channel again? Uh, More Sip to Tally. More Sip to Tally. Mm -hmm. So get get on More Sip to Tally film. Is it More Sip to Tally film or just More Sip to Tally? It's more Sip to Tally. So More Sip to Tally, get on there. He's going to be doing some Seahawks content on there. All the more reason. I'm telling you, do it. We're some of the most active fan base online, man, when it comes to, you know, the film study and all that stuff. So if you do it, they will, they will, it's like field of dreams. You know, if you, if you build the videos, they will watch, well, they, come. So they, come. they will come, yep. they will come. So uh, appreciate you so much for letting me uh, pull you in on this time, man. It's uh, always awesome talking to you on this stuff and uh, sorry, we took your coach, but uh, you gave us that. That sounds like by what you're saying, you gave us a real good one. So we feel, think so. feel pretty good about that. All right. Well, you guys have yourself a great night and uh, you have yourself a great night too, coach. Um, to you. Give your wife my best on that too. For thank, okay. tell her, thank you for letting me borrow you for, for the time on it. So I appreciate it. Good and uh, we'll be back soon, folks. But until the time, 
give you guys a go Hawks and uh, I want you to go ahead and slip in a go Ravens here for you. What do you guys, you guys, what's your pattern this thing? Not saying who's got it better than us because I'm tired of that. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful way to end it thank you coach have a good night folks